As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. First, have it ready. There we go. Preparation is good. Preparation H is even better. Preparations A through G have failed. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, the all hemorrhoid podcast. Uh, Whoa. We're talking about hemorrhoids once again. No, it's actually Weekly Heroics <laughs> to True Freak's Guide to Heroes or Hemorrhoids on Television. Well, that Hydra is a real pain in the ass. That's it true. is. Wait, Hydra is it the hemorrhoids the or the Herculoids? The her- no, oh, we should do the Herculoids. Her- her- yeah, that show. <laughs> wow. I, I, yes, I develop an occasional stutter on some words, apparently, in my, in my old age. I've noticed it more and more often. Don't drink all that much in your 20s, kids, if we have any people in their 20s listening to us. It's, it's important. But uh, we are back on track, as you have uh, know from the last episode we put out. We're back on track with our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and CW stuff. Except this week, we're just doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we might double up on these things for a while uh, to plow through. And this was an important kind of double episode yeah. set. So we had to do these two together. And I'm going to pretend that was actually planned. Uh, that wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, behind the scenes, it's the, the, the physical graffiti of it is. Of shit. And it is. As we were talking about Zeppelin earlier, very good analogy, sir. Yes. But we were joined by a special guest tonight, who actually made a request to be on this particular show, and you can too. And we'll get to more of that later. But Mike Zumo is with us. Mike Z. Hello. Now his rap name. Um, <laughs> and he's my co-host, one of my co-hosts over on the Fear the Walking Dead cast on this very network right here. And you can also hear him on the uh, Man of Screen podcast. I got that right, didn't I? You did get that right. So, yeah, we're going to be doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1, Episode 16 and 17 tonight. Another, you know, basically a a um, two-episode to-be-continued type of thing. Uh, And and rolling on to the end of this awesome season. And it just goes, you know, it's at the top of the hill right now. And now we're just speeding into awesome... Uh, breakaway speed from this, yeah. this point on in this show. But um, so, thanks for joining us, Mike. No problem. Thanks for having me. I've already yeah. been talking way too much, but Heroes got the first uh, recap, so so all is well. But we've got some housekeeping. We got a yeah. Let's do that housekeeping stuff. Always love the email. And it's from our friend uh, Patrick Delmore again, who wrote us on uh, one of our Legion casts. And it starts. Hi, Scott and Chris. Uh, hey. First off, uh, thanks for reading my last email on your show. I'd love to, glad to do it. I'd love to join you guys on the podcast sometime. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we strike again. I'd be down for Preacher, Flash, or Supergirl, although I have a lot of catching up to do on Supergirl. And if I can reserve a spot on the Defenders Roundtable, I'd be more than grateful. Um, that It's done. Yes. Um, and as far as credentials go, man even puts his creds out there. Got to love that. I own and have read Essential Defenders Volume 2 through 7. Uh, anyway, on to Iron Fist. He's talking about our recent Iron Fist podcast. I'll make this quick. Both Iron Fist and Luke Cage should have been set in the 70s. Yes. I know it doesn't work in the big picture MCU, but they are icons of a bygone era. A Netflix show that I don't hear uh, mentioned much on Two True Freaks, which really pays homage to uh, the Marvel comics of the 70s, is The Get Down, which takes place in 7078. Uh, it says the black teens living in the Bronx on the show constantly reference Thor, Fantastic Four, and Iron Fist. It's the sort of show I wish the last two Netflix Marvel shows could have been. Um, uh, just tangenting off of that, um, I did watch the first half of what they're calling Season 1 for the get-down, and I, I found it wildly inconsistent. Uh, there's a germ of a good show in there, but uh, hopefully the episodes that have dropped will bring it to a cohesive 
first season close. Um, but again, I'm not rushing out to watch it. So kind of tells you my thoughts on it. It's not bad. Um, but it's just, it didn't grab me the way some of the other Netflix original programming did. Oh, way to piss in everyone's Wheaties there, hero. Oh. I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm just <laughs> no, being no, honest. No, I'm kidding. No, that's what we're here for. Uh, no, I didn't even know it existed. I think I'd seen the No, ads. it's it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. It's, it's good, but it's, I mean, again, it's not really, you know, the stuff that I usually dig on. It's very much a drama. Yeah, I'm and, gonna check uh, it out just for uh, yeah. Oh, you should anything that's gonna drop me some Marvel comics, fucking Easter eggs, definitely. So yeah, thank you for the heads up on that, Patrick. But, yeah, it's 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 definitely worth watching, and I will get around to the the ones that just got released um, sooner rather than later. I think. But he just closes by saying, "Looking forward to the return of Preacher." Oh my God, yes, yes. Yeah, so, so we, now we can we actually all. get get back into the actual comic book storyline. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, and uh, yeah, I actually answered uh, Patrick on our behalf um, privately too, and just told him that uh, definitely. I told him we might have too many people promised for a preacher, but we'll keep him kind of as a floater, you know, if we need somebody. <clears throat> Excuse me, and yeah. uh, told him definitely penciling him in for you know for, first call out for the defenders. So. And, at, and told him in the email that we do love breaking in our versions here, so so he needs to save himself. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's a special seat for that now, isn't there? <laughs> well, yes, and it was it wasn't cheap, so hope y'all are enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> those, those motors are, you know, they, they take a lot of maintenance. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> abandon all hope. You who enter here, Patrick, but yeah, you're penciled in. <laughs> Oh yeah! Save yourself for us, sweetie. <laughs> Road hard, put away wet. <laughs> that's our motto. Uh, oh yeah! As if we had a motto, but let's get to the business at hand and try not to bore our current guest too much more. Uh, let's apologize <laughs> for that, Mikey Z. Um, and we'll give it. Act like I've never heard this before. Well, right. Uh, yeah. If, if you're sitting here with us now, then you've, you've listened to this mess before and you, you know what to expect. So, you know, no sympathy. We'll turn it over to the hero for hopefully uh, long enough for me to get my breath back and uh, go, man. All right. So episode 16 of season one is titled End of the Beginning. Hmm. Can't imagine why. All right. It originally aired April 1st of 2014. Uh, April Fool's Day. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so we uh, we open up with uh, agents Garrett and Triplett uh, inside of a safe house where they are pretty much instantly attacked by Mike Peterson, a.k.a. Deathlock. Yeah, and he is a uh, Deathlocky, too. Yeah, he's gotten a lot more deathlocky now, uh, and uh, he is working for Shield's nemesis, the Clairvoyant. Uh, let's see. Uh, a couple weeks later, uh, Phil recruits uh, agents Garrett, Garrett, Triplet, uh, Victoria Hand, Felix Blake, and Jasper Sitwell to join his team to hunt down the Clairvoyant and Deathlock. Garrett and Coulson believe that the Clairvoyant is a psychic and that Deathlock's recent attack signifies that they're getting close to unraveling the true identity of who the Clairvoyant is. They've narrowed down their list to uh, people that were rejected by S.H.I.E.L.D. as gifted people. Garrett believes that they should compartmentalize the information to withhold this from the Clairvoyant, just in case the Clairvoyant is actually psychic. Colson assigns Sky to choose which candidates to pursue and to pair the agents into teams. And uh, at this time, uh, she is promoted to an actual uh, full-fledged level one S.H.I.E.L.D. agent so that she can gain access to the confidential information she'll need to start setting up where everybody's going to be looking. I admit I, I choked up a bit with her. It was a nice scene. Yeah, it's... Um, that's after she kind of gave up on the whole whatever her original hacker group was. I don't even remember what the hell they were called now. Um, you know, she, it's clear that she does want to be a part of something bigger, and it, it is a big, big moment for her. Before um, the investigation gets underway, Sitwell has to bow out because uh, he is ordered to uh, go to the uh, Triskelion. Uh, that's the. Um, shield main base 
and uh, he's going to be uh, getting sent to uh, one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. boats, the Lemurian Star, which you should recognize from Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since I'm... he has a boat to catch. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's all connected, man. It was. It's all, it's all connected. They were actually uh, trying during season one. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they were. <laughs> uh, Victoria Hand decides to assist them via satellite from the hub, uh, which we've visited in the past. Uh, Garrett tells Sky that the team has changed the perspective of Agent Grant Ward who now has a reason uh, to actually fight. Um, and it's pretty much made clear that Garrett knows that Ward is sweet on um, Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, May offers to help uh, Leo Fitz and Gemma Simmons in their research of the drug that did help to heal the injuries of Coulson and Sky. Uh, Trip is partnered with Ward, and he's revealed to harbor a grudge against the clairvoyant for killing his partner. Uh, Coulson... Garrett, May, and Blake are assigned to other locations. However, uh, Blake does get ambushed by Deathlock while he's out with May. Deathlock declares that Mike Peterson is dead after Blake tries to you know, reason with them. And Deathlock does a uh, super kick down onto Blake's chest, uh, and he is uh, critically injured. Um, while this has been going on, uh, earlier in the episode... Um, Fitz and Simmons have uh, come up with some uh, tracker bullets just in case a vehicle or something is getting away. And Blake, being the smart shield agent that he is, switches to the tracking bullets for the last shot that he takes against Deathlock, uh, which is good. Um, you know, he's, do- he's, he's, a, he's a good doobie. He's the kind of guy you want on your side. Yeah. So they now have a way to track where Deathlock is. The team concludes that uh, the target May and Blake were following, Thomas Nash, is their prime suspect. Uh, The other leads really don't turn up anything helpful, and especially with Deathlock being at where the two of them went, does kind of make things start to uh, fall together for them. With the tracker that's been planted, the agents pursue Deathlock to an abandoned horse racing track, while Tripp and Simmons stay behind at the hub with Victoria Hand. After a brief battle with Deathlock, Coulson and Garrett discover Nash, who's basically in a vegetative state in a wheelchair with uh, an apparatus to help him breathe. Uh, and he's got the Stephen Hawking speech generating device uh, speaking for him. Uh, so, yeah. Um, is this guy really the clear? Brad Dorif. And it is Brad Dorif. It is Chucky. It is Wormtongue. It's Billy. Uh, all from fantastic genre stuff that we've seen in the past and uh, probably the easiest paycheck he's ever had. Yeah, hell yeah. 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 Well, the ADR work, but you know. Uh, oh, that's easy. You can do that yeah. in your drawers at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nash boasts that he is the clairvoyant and he claims that he can see everything and he threatens to kill Sky, causing an enraged ward to shoot him dead. Uh, which everybody that's on this assignment um, is able to see from the surveillance that's going on. Before they depart to interrogate Ward, May does inform Coulson that Director Fury requests uh, to see Coulson at the Triskelion. So we cut back to the bus uh, where Fitz discovers, uh, while he's trying to set up a secure line so that he can speak to uh, Simmons while she's at the hub, uh, another... Uh, secret phone line. This is May's secret phone line that um, we've seen her uh, record her logs into um, or speak to somebody regarding her uh, spying activity on the bus. So uh, when Skye presents the results of her studies to the S.H.I.E.L.D. psychological files to Coulson, the two realize that the clairvoyant wasn't Nash but it could only have been somebody who was a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. with similar access to the computer files to malip- manipulate the agents that were sent out. Coulson accuses Ward of shooting Nash to misdirect them on the clairvoyant's true identity because really they don't, like uh, Coulson says, we don't know if he was the one doing the talking. He never actually said anything physically. Uh, so Fitz informs Sky of the secret phone line and Coulson is informed of May's uh, secret phone line, and alongside Sky, uh, they confront her. As May tries to explain that she could not disclose who is on the other end of the line, the plane is remotely hijacked by somebody at uh, the Shield Hub, 
And at the hub, Victoria Hand is revealed to be the one that commissioned the hijack and orders her subordinates to kill the agents, except for Coulson, saying that he's mine. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a... It's a big-time episode. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this it, aired before Winter Soldier, right? I mean, so... Yeah. I think... Uh, right this aired, aired on Tuesday. Winter Soldier came out the following Friday, I believe. Right. And I, I definitely had seen it, like, opening day. So the, the next episode that I'm about to do is, is the aftermath. And... Um, but I actually really didn't see. I thought sure. Brad Dourif really was the the clairvoyant. That was a nice well. That's twist. the idea. <laughs> yeah. It's it, and if you're only watching the one the first part here, really, yeah. that's you would think that does kind of put a bow on it, and it also still leads you to some other questions, like what's really going on. But uh, yeah, this is a this is a great episode. Um, this was where when you're watching the first season for the first time actually i would say with the the review the tahiti reveal stuff that's where stuff starts to deepen but then this is directly tying into the mcu yeah and it does allow the drama to get ramped up here because now it's really it's plot and character driven at this point um yeah so uh i'll shut up now (laughs) Mike, thoughts? You brought you in here so we didn't have to work as hard. Oh, there you go. So why'd you bring me on? Because you don't want to work as hard. Anyway, you know this is you know before this this episode and even more so the next one, I was about ready to give up give up on the show just because I was bored. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, looking back on the way things went, it's easy to see why the show was kind of in a holding pattern for so long. Yeah, but you know, this episode. And even like I said, even more so, the next one is what made probably the reason I'm still watching the show to this day. Just because I was finally excited to see a ghost, see everything kind, of, everything pay off. We start to get a little bit of that here. You know, you guys mentioned it's a great scene when uh, Sky finally uh, gets her level one clearance. But you know, you see, you know, you start to see a little. Looking back on after having seen it before and knowing where things go you you see the, the little seeds that are starting to be starting to be planted here you don't know where hands loyalty lies uh, there's yeah. questions about ward at the end so a lot of this episode is a very solid setup for what we're going to uh for what's going to kind of turn everything on its head in the next episode yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think I, I mean if you would done that sky scene in episode one I don't think it would have been as effective the, the, no. actors, yeah. the actors have really grown into their roles at this point and I'm, I was loving most of the performances honestly about the only one the only actor I really didn't like in this one was Melinda May for some reason and, and, well I, she's got to play the the aloof bitchy right. I can't tell you what's going on Phil Right, but somehow she just didn't sell it. Like she didn't sell their relationship to me as quite as well as I think that she should have for the intimacy level that it had. Um, I don't know, but you know, then then she kicks someone in the face, and I forget all of those. (laughs) (laughs) You know, watching. I don't remember if it was this episode or the next one. I had forgotten how far back the Bahrain stuff went. Yeah. Oh yeah. It. It had passed me right by in season one, or until they elaborated on it later. But when he mentioned that, I'm like, "Oh wow!" This, I was shocked at how far back that went. That that's a great plot line that's been like a slow simmer through the whole show too, and has had some significant moments. So they keep going back to it, and we keep learning more about Bay. Or Bay, but um, I wish she was my Bay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just say that. Uh, you know, that we learn more about May and, and what she's gone through. And, of course, her ex-husband eventually shows up, spoilers, and gets a new haircut. And um, <laughs> all kinds of fun things coming. Um, and I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah, I know the Bahrain thing is its nice that there wasn't just kind of a one-off thing. It's like, oh, yeah, she's a cavalry because she did something in Bahrain. And right. It really means something down the road. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it seems like whoever did the story bible for Phil and May's relationship it seems like they had that on lock right from the beginning they kept most of the, well it was all you know the Whedon family putting a lot of this together and uh, right. Marisa Tencharon I think it is I think I got that right this time 
Kevin um, Tancheron or his wife. Yeah, I can't remember. There we go. And, uh, you know, so that, that always helps when you've got one good creative team, especially one that's kind of got a rep for shows like this. Um, you know, keeping keeping the the ship on the right track, and and if nothing else, the Whedon writers are all about the little details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buffy left some uh, some plot lines dangling, but but Shield was very good about it, they, and they wrapped things up fairly quickly. And they stuffed a lot into this season, you know, even as hobbled as they were by the Winter Soldier stuff. But I read, never really had a a complaint about it. No, I, I neither did I, but I don't think. If you didn't have this turn of events happen, I don't think we would have gotten four seasons. No, the show kind of the show cut would kind of just be meandering. Yeah, it would end up have just been villain of the week, villain of the week, villain of the week instead of the, the through line. Yeah, we, we should have. Uh, you know, we should have looked up like the the history of the ratings on these two episodes, but. Um, I suspect they picked up a bit around here because they did do some significant promotion tying the two together. Well, know, I kind of wonder what the uh, what the uh, ratings were like for the next episode just because I wonder if there were people who couldn't get to the Winter Soldier on the first weekend for whatever right. reason. Yeah, that, that, I did remember reading to, that did, hurt them a little bit. Did they bit. have to sit on the, epi- on the episode? Yeah, I, I think I do remember. Because I, I remember earlier in that season, right after Thor came out, I asked a few of my friends, can I, you know, can I watch this? Yeah, and not have the Thor movie spoiled for me. Yeah, and they said, that "Yeah, was you... pretty close too." And this was what, like four days after it would have opened. So, right, it's not enough time to get to get everybody out there. Yeah, yeah, and that's maybe why they weren't allowed to do this. I mean, they still did it really deftly, but yeah, the timing was an issue. And as many breaks as Shield took, you know, like. They used to take some big breaks in the first season. Yeah. I heard them a lot, right. too. This would have been the time to do it. You know, have the second episode three weeks down the road, let everyone soak in Winter Soldier, and then... And then come and then back come back the with Turn, Turn, Turn. Yeah. yeah. But, no, it was three days, and I remember having to... The Whedon scheduling curse. <laughs> and, I, and I think East, that was Easter weekend, too, so... Yeah, probably. I just have this memory yeah. of it being Easter, because I remember... I had to drive up to see for Easter, and my car broke down. Yeah, if you're in the episode, aired what, like the 21st, I think he said, right? The first. 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 Oh, right, April Fool's. Yeah, yeah. the eighth. So. so it was yeah. close, yep. Um, you know, I, I like how, especially in the first season, they were actually working hard to uh, tie it in. Now they just give the movies kind of references, but... I don't you know, think I like, they were allowed to after a while. I don't think they, you know, the Marvel movies stopped handing them as many batons to carry. Because uh, right. there was some infighting and shit with producers you know, between TV and movie wing and stuff, too. Which is why we have an Inhumans, I don't know the story details, but it's why we have an Inhumans TV show now instead of a movie, essentially. Right. Uh, well, that was one of, one of the, the heads that whatever company it was I was not Disney but I don't know uh, they wanted an Inhumans movie now they're not in power anymore so we're getting yeah. the Inhumans on TV yeah it was a spat between Feggy and uh, again a Permuter maybe I think uh, Ike Perlmutter yeah, okay. yeah I'm probably might be getting the name wrong um, but yeah for good or ill that's, that's what we got but this was you know probably the, the best um best way to, you know, the best tie-in that they could have had, and it just kind of worked out. Well, know, it, had to, it had to be. It's the most yeah. obvious one, too, you're because you're not going to Because Captain America this. was involved directly with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, you're not going to, yeah, gonna, yeah I mean, you're not going to get this kind of synergy with Doctor Strange like, ever, so why even no. try? I mean, they kind of did with Ghost Rider, spoilers, in the current season, but um, it actually had some more strange Easter eggs than than Doctor Strange in a way, right? But right, but nothing. Uh, and we're getting ahead of ourselves. This is really the next episode. Mm-hmm. None, none of the Doctor Strange Easter eggs spoiled the movie. Right. Yeah. The next episode yeah. would have spoiled the movie. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Oh yeah. So let's uh, head into it. I suppose Agents of Shield season one episode seventeen. Turn, turn, turn. There is a season. Uh, the episode opens with the sounds of Blue Oyster Cult, though, and their giant cowbells playing Don't Fear the Reaper. And we see Garrett flying along reading, having a cup of coffee. And he gets something on his right arm and is immediately fired upon by two enemy drones, which he can't help but notice are rocking the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. 
Mm-hmm. And we cut back to the end of the last episode with Coulson getting uh, made to stand down. And she tells Field she didn't uh, reroute the plane. She wants to help, but they no longer trust her. Uh, it's the phone thingy. And she admits mm-hmm. that she uh, the encrypted line was to Fury, but it was classified. You can't tell Phil why she was talking to Fury, and he couldn't. <laughs> he's been trying to get, you know, he's been beeping him for, for months. And can't get yeah. him on the line. And, and, you know, May's having phone sex with him like every night. <laughs> Lucky bastard. Um, May turns the tables on Fitz a bit and exposes his little secret conversations with Gemma about Sky's blood. And Trip interrupts uh, Gemma, who secretly shuts down uh, right before he sees anything, but it raises his suspicions. She locks the door and admits to him that she's trying to test Sky's blood on the down low, and uh, she gets him to help her contact Dr. Weaver over at the, uh, I forget what the name of the place was, but the, the science lab. It's the hub, right? No, no, she well, was no, at the, the hub, I think. Yeah, no, the science. Oh, they're at the hub. They're yeah, at the hub. at the hub or her scientist friend from the uh, Blizzard episode. I forget what, oh, what was, was the name of that. Was she at the Academy? That's it. Yeah, the Academy. Yep. Yeah, it has a name. I just can't remember what it is. No, it was the, the Shield Academy. Academy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like there you go. Special. Shield Academy. Um, they also mentioned it's a very busy day at Shield with some secretive level 8 operation going on involving a captain and some helicarriers or something. Um, back to the film May standoff. They get an emergency call from Garrett, and Phil shoots May with an icer, and the super science nerd goes into action, diverting warp energy to the weapons. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> much. Uh, Fitz was doing science stuff. Some fancy flying and shooting, and Garrett is saved. And in the control room, Victoria Hand and her crew are weighing their options, and one agent is having a bit of a problem with possibly killing former friends and co-workers. And she references a coded message that's going out, and Sky is working on decoding it. And, of course, the, the team is discussing the confusing situation with Garrett. Uh, Phil fills him in on the clairvoyant is a double agent theory. Hmm. Uh, mm. Phil says that he thinks Victoria Hand is the culprit, and Garrett's like, that's just crazy talk. I've served with her. She's an honorable agent and all that. And uh, Sky calls their attention to the message, and it just says, out of the shadows, into the light, and spells out in big words, Hydra, <laughs> which I thought was a little silly at the time. A little heavy-handed. No. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it would be for, like, yeah, yeah, for, for a S.H.I.E.L.D. comic, it would be perfect. <laughs> but, uh, they discuss the situation. We get the confirmation that this is happening during the Winter Soldier, obviously, duh. Uh, and Garrett suggests that they let Ward out because they could really use his kill skills on this one. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Hand and company are looking for Simmons and Triplet, and Gemma reaches Dr. Weaver in a very, you know, panicked message. She tells her that Hydra is in S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and she gets cut off uh, rather violently. Don't trust anyone. No one, yep. Trip locks the uh, door and is acting a little suspicious and sinister, and he produces a knife, but he gives it to Gemma and says, well, if you try to kill me, I know you're Hydra. <laughs> there you go. Ward is interrogating May, and they all think she's Hydra now, but uh, Fitz gets the, uh, or at least a bad guy, uh, working with the clairvoyant, actually. And Fitz gets the phone fixed, so he gives her the chance to call Fury. And Phil's not playing, though. Uh, he's basically very, very pissed at May. Meanwhile, they've landed, and Han's forces are shooting at the plane to disable their weapons. And Ward comes out, and Garrett brings him up to speed. May gets uh, Nick on the phone, but it isn't Nick, and she's informed that Director Fury is dead. Yeah. Could you imagine hearing that and not, and not having seen The Winter Soldier? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. He ended up being dead anyway, but, you know, hey. Yeah, it would have been a bummer. I'm smart like that. That's why I go to my movies on the opening night. I went to the preview night for Winter Soldier. I did the Thursday night preview all by myself. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly they are shot through the plane as the uh, hand's forces open up. Uh, May is hitting the arm. And May tells Phil that her communications with Fury were at his request, just so she could kind of keep him updated on any zombie side effects going on. Uh, she even knew about Tahiti, and Phil isn't happy about it. And may tell no, rightly so. No, yeah, uh, compartmentalized. 
Um, Nate tells him that she was the one who came up with the makeup of the team, and she says she didn't do it for Fury, she did it for him because uh, his death hit her hard, and I think we we definitely see the seeds of May having more than friendly feelings for More than a feeling! Hell yeah. (laughs) Oh no, I gotta make that our ending song now, don't I? (laughs) No way, I don't usually do that on this show. Sometimes. Ward reminds them that they have a lot of the dangerous goodies that the enemy would want and you know, places like the fridge and, and the vaults and stuff. Uh, you know, Graviton being one of them. Kind of a nasty critter. And the records of them, so Phil orders records to be scrubbed. Standard operating, you know, freak out procedure of these agencies. Meanwhile, at the hub, armed agents bust in on Trip and Simmons. And at the bus, the tactical team blows open the bus's doors and almost scratches Lola. So oh, I know. My hot drops watching this again. Uh, yeah, that would have been epic. It could have let Phil would have gone like berserker right yeah. on him. Don't touch Lola. Phil would have changed into the Hulk right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that alien blood get kicked off or something. That would have been, that would have been nice, man. They, they could have wrote it that way. And We're a couple episodes cheers. away from that. Yeah. <laughs> team is hiding in the uh, Millennium Falcon's cargo hold, looking for a way out. And May is like, I can cross the streams. Disney owns them. I can help, but uh, Phil leaves the cuffs on. Um, Gemma and Tripp are being questioned by Hand, who is playing like she's with Hydra. And she tells them the uh, sit-rep and of Fury's death. And that they need to see the, say the Hail Hydra thing or die. And uh, Tripp gets the drop on one of her agents and Hand says, Just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Really, S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> I was just, just testing you. I was just you. testing you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what Hydra would say. Uh, she tells him that Coulson, however, is Hydra. And somebody's got to be. Garrett and Ward have Phil and, and main cuffs, but it's a ploy and they take a security checkpoint. Hand is deploying people to capture or kill the Phil team. Gemma defends him, but Hand calls him a liar, liar, pants on fire. And uh, and they run down Phil's various infractions over the, the course of the season, which, to be fair, doesn't really sound good when you say them all aloud at the same time like that. No. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you kind of been a bad boy, haven't you, Phil? <laughs> this doesn't look good on paper, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're the rebel and shit, but when when it comes down to regulations, you, you're you're like Kirk level fucking prime directive problems here. <laughs> Can I hear an amen? You know he was also dead, so you got to give him a little bit of leeway. Yeah, you know that would probably break several regulations itself. I would think <laughs> yeah. insurance problems and I liked him better before he died. <laughs> <laughs> So, where are we here? And Ward shooting the clairvoyant, you know, in cold blood didn't help matters either. Uh, meanwhile, Sky and Ward are sneaking, and he asks for her icer, and he says he's going to plow through the guards, because I'm Ward, and I can shoot the eye off a fucking butterfly at 400 yards. Because I'm an action figure. <laughs> Look at my yeah, look. hair and my chin. Oh my god, dude! They the, the the one it's at the end of the episode, but fuck it. When they have them like sitting, or it's actually at the end of your episode. Uh, when they have them sitting in the SUV, just kind of the mopey look, where I just shot a guy, I'm in trouble now. And like they had him lit, so I don't think I've seen a more cut jaw in my life on anything. <laughs> it's pretty cut. Yeah, I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, let me know why we hired him. Get hit, Robin Zadar and him and Bruce Campbell and just, you know, line them up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so, uh, sneaking, died. Yeah, okay. He's all like, if I die, I deserve to. I killed an innocent man and I hurt you, Sky. <laughs> I think I kind of lock you. Nah, I ain't never going to get that booty. Yeah, if we make it out, let's hook up and shit. And Sky's like, okay, let's have a drink. Yeah, but I know you've been banging May, so... Yeah, she seemed to be okay with it, you know. Uh, And she gives her hero a good good luck kiss. Does that mean Wood's got yellow fever? Oh, shit. (laughs) Shit, I do too. I mean, come on. Yes, but... Don't get me started, or I'm going to have more editing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Mine a lot of coffee right now. I'm vulnerable. He he goes out, icers, and punches a blazing and makes short work of the guards, of course. And it's a good fight, too, man. This show never lacks for for the good fucking brawls. This fighting is always consistently good. Yeah. Yeah. The the shooting. I mean, the... 
I think season three, maybe, there's this one scene of Sky doing a tactical assault that's, like, sublime. I don't think I've ever seen TV action of that level. But that'll be on a show in, like, 2022 or something. I forget I said that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's too much, though. Ward actually gets overwhelmed at one point, but eventually he emerges through Sky's door triumphant. And back with the A-team, uh, Garrett makes a suggestion to be sneaky by using the air vents because aliens... Bill Patton, oh, yeah. We still miss you. And Garrett's all about killing Victorian ha- Victoria Hand. Phil's like, we have icer guns, you know? And Garrett isn't having it and is pressing the point that she's the clairvoyant. She's too powerful to live. Phil realizes that Garrett just uh, let his mask slip a little bit with the classic, uh, he put out some information that he shouldn't know, flub up. And holy moly, Garrett is the clairvoyant and the Hydra agent. And a tech team comes in and Phil orders them to arrest Garrett, but they are Hydra loyalists and they disarm Phil's team. And Phil's like, Fury would kill you for this if you guys didn't already kill him. And we get the same exposition people are in the Winter Soldier are getting right about now. And, and Garrett gives Phil uh, the hail Hydra or die option, and Phil, of course, says, fuck off. And standards and practices um, acceptable ways. <laughs> Coulson doesn't need to swear. He's too classy. Yeah. No. <laughs> is, is this the scene where uh, Garrett tells, tells the agents that some of them were trained by Sitwell? Yeah, yeah. He basically yeah. is like, I, you know. If you've seen the movie, that's a gift, too. If yeah. you've seen oh, the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, because he, he was reveal on him. He was the one that told uh, Falcon, uh, Widow, and Cap the uh, thing about the Operation Looking Glass, basically, or whatever it was called. Poor Fitz is ugly crying in this. I mean, ugly crying. Uh, and Ian fucking sells it. And uh, yeah. he's he's told he'll be used in hydrosciences, basically, or you're being drafted, son, or things will go badly for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, either way, you're going to serve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Compliance is mandatory, or whatever the phrase is later on in the show. Uh, suddenly, the door blows in, and it's Sky and Ward to the rescue. The team subdues the Hydragoons with uh, much May Ask degree, of course, and Fitz even gets some shots in as he's tied yeah, to the desk. A, you know? Is this the first guy that he kills? I, I think, think so, yeah. I think that was a real gun, too, wasn't it? That he. Um. I don't know if it was a nicer or not. It looked uh, like it was re- a regular. regular I, don't, I can't remember now. It looked like a regular gun. Yeah. The, the ice usually has those two little metal things on the barrel to, to let us know, or, you know, it's got some kind of different coloration. Um, yeah. And it comes down to Garrett and Coulson, and, and Ward actually tosses Phil the knockout grenade from earlier in the season in, in the Serenity movie. Tony, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same prop, and knocks him out. You know, Victoria's team busts in, and Phil's like, "We're not Hydra, but she's been listening and knows already." So Phil asks, "How deep does it go?" Insert your own jokes here. <laughs> uh, we, we get a no mont- we get a montage of various uh, former Shield agents being let off in cuffs, including Garrett. And the day is one for S.H.I.E.L.D., sort of. Again, see Winter Soldier for details. Uh, <laughs> Coulson breaks the news to a very upset Ward. I can't believe he trained me. Uh, Victoria Hand gives us the update on the Captain America movie plot. And yep. S.H.I.E.L.D. has fallen. In you could just say spoils the ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, did we really think Cap wasn't going to win in his own movie? Yeah, point. Good point. Oh. <laughs> now I do it with Helicarriers. <laughs> well, should always I, expect telecarriers well, not three of them shooting each other mass hysteria uh, <laughs> yeah, Hydra has taken over various installations and Ward offers to escort Garrett to the fridge to lock him up personally Hand agrees and gives Phil a secure line to call her on Poor Sky is looking at her brand new and now useless shield badge <laughs> I thought this was pretty sad yeah Phil barks some orders and is bringing uh, pretty cold to May still. He's basically like, you're not a friend anymore, but I know you're an ally. And Hand basically threatens to kill him instead of imprisoning him, or uh, Garrett, on uh, Victoria Hand's plane. 
And she offers uh, Ward, you know, the the opportunity to, to kill Garrett if he wants. And he's like, oh, yeah. And instead, Ward shoots the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and Victoria Hand dead, and Garrett yeah. smiles. And uh, you're going to have to fill us in on the, the tag because... Actually- uh, the stinger is... Uh, we just cut back to Ward sitting with his head down in the, in the plane, and... Garrett's telling him the same jokey story he was telling Coulson earlier in the episode, and right. we just see Ward peer up to face the camera directly, sinisterly. He does seeing, sinister well too. Well, yeah, he's able. Well, let's be honest; he's kind of bland as the the action figure. Once he's yeah. able to go full Hydra, he becomes a really, really great bad guy. Yeah, oh, he really yeah. does. Yep, yeah. a couple times in the show. I think he's. I'll say it right now. The making him the bad guy. I think he's one of the best bad guys that the Marvel movies slash TV shows have had because you get so much time with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it never hurts. It's, it's, it's a long, strange trip yeah. for for him that we'll be embarking on now. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Um, so yeah, that's it, kids, and and. And that was a pretty good double shot of uh, episodes. I mean, arguably two of the better episodes in the entire series so far. Yeah, this the second one, turn, 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 is still uh, it's still my favorite episode of the series. Yeah, probably because it's married to Winter Soldier, which is my favorite of the MCU movies. Yeah, yeah. there with you, Mike. Uh, even yeah. that aside, man, just great action, great uh, you know, uh, just the acting for the most part, and the story just flowed and moved and surprises and like Deathlock, excuse me I mean you know us obscure nerds that knew the obscure character of of Deathlock from back in the day were just especially the one scene where uh, I don't know if you read it exactly or not Hero but we're in a yeah when Fitz sends out his little scanners they're they're picking up on uh, they find Mike in the abandoned racetrack, and when they are looking at him, it's sort of like uh, it's basically peeled off the page picture of Deathlock. Yeah, <laughs> you get to see the whole the whole uh, substructure that uh, the clairvoyant has put into him. So he does look like the the uh, comic accurate version of Deathlock for a couple seconds. It was probably one of my uh, top ten. You know, Marvel squee moments, including stuff in the movies, I'd have to say. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the show is going to get to play with stuff the movies are never going to touch. Right. Which is like, you just I just enjoy that. Like Graviton earlier in the season, it's like, yeah, they haven't brought him back, but Jesus. But they, the they got to play with it. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, I just I just enjoy all that. I mean, for crying out loud, we're Angar the Screamers in the second season, right? I know, right? It's yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, this is said. It's it's all metal matter of personal taste, though. I, I totally get the people that wanted to see Captain America pop up occasionally in this. I get it. You know, that's that is almost kind of the expectation they gave when they started this, and it's almost their own fall or Yeah, but those fall. of us who kind of know how these things work right. knew that was never going to happen. Oh yeah, and anybody you know. But as I said, good fifty percent of Joe public is just going to be like, oh cool, I'm going to get to see Thor in this. Uh, because I said their marketing was like it's all connected. Anything could happen. Anybody could show up. I mean, they literally kind of said this in the press. So yeah, any, any negative shit they and... get, they kind of have to own. Right. But people like us, I think, that would be like, I don't care what you give us, just give us something. Right. Just we'll give. Be, we'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not like, plenty. and it's not like these characters are boring characters. They're all no, they're interesting. Not. Yeah, no, I was always about the the obscure ones, man. I was you know bored with seeing fucking. Forgive me, Professor Allen, if you ever listen to this, but you know I was almost bored with seeing Doctor Doom fighting people all the time. You know, uh, I see some of these. <laughs> oh, Professor Allen's characters. gonna come after gonna come after you. Yeah, well, you know, one does not tire of Doom. No, no but I, I said yeah. I was also a sporadic comic reader, so I, I always looked for variety over anything. So if I had any character that I hadn't got to read before, you know, I always gravitated towards that. So, you know, despite the all connectiveness, you can still watch this show and enjoy it, and it still holds yeah. up, even if you haven't haven't seen the movies. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's and that's really what matters. That the show yeah, can stand absolutely. on its own without without having seen the movies. Now, you you 
obviously it's enriched by by the movies, and they do have to react to certain things in the movies. But at no point does it really depend on them. No, right? never. I mean, maybe seeing Coulson die, but if you weren't watching the movies anyway, then you wouldn't have cared that he died to begin with. It, right. It's only interesting watching it because of the mystery of this guy was dead, now he's back to life, and you actually get the follow up to all that in the course of the season anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At, fir- at first, I th- at first I thought they were considering uh, bringing Coulson back to the movies at some point because I remember in the first Lady Sif episode they made a big deal about not telling Thor. Yeah. As he was alive. Uh, I I guess it works better for the conceit. His death is what finally brought them all together. Right. I mean, I guess at this point you could bring him back, but now he's kind of stuck in the TV zone. So, well, yeah, and, and, and at that kind of thing, there's a ton of people watching seeing the movies who have not seen the show. And yeah. if you brought Colson back, if they remember him at all, if they're anything more than casual viewers, they'll be like, huh. At this, but I mean, at this yeah, point, we haven't seen Colson on TV in five years. In yeah, the movie, it, he's not going back there. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it, it, at this point, they don't need him to connect everything. People have kind of, after phase one, people kind of got the hint that it is all connected. They don't need the yeah. that sort of uh, narrative yarn running through everything anymore. So, plus, I mean, there's enough characters that they have to deal with in the movies to even trying to shoehorn him in would probably be a disservice anyway. I still think it's a mistake that they didn't bring him into Winter Soldier because that was directly tied with S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't been that important in in a lot of the rest of the movies, but, I mean, it was a very current thread in the early ones, man, so... Oh, yeah, especially the Captain America and Avengers movie. And Thor, you know, I mean, Thor Thor had a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff in it, you know. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Colson got the most time in that, for the most part. Well, here's the thing. With Winter Soldier, if you were going to try to shoehorn Phil and any part of that into Winter Soldier, what what in Winter Soldier would you have wanted to cut out to get that in there? I I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't want to cut anything out because I'd rather have time with Black Widow and the motherfucking Falcon. Right. Right. And and that's why I like this episode as kind of a companion piece to it. Yeah, it's definitely watching these two episodes. We can watch the first one, then watch Winter Soldier, and then watch Turn, Turn, Turn. And right. it's like it's a nice little package deal. I don't. I think you could have fit it in somewhere. You know, I'm. I could have watched four hours of the Winter Soldier anyway, so I'm. I'm not the one to ask that question. <laughs> oh, me too. But you know, yeah. But, you know, once, I mean, he was only ever a glorified cameo and everything else anyway. Exactly. So you just right. kind of, like, pop him in, like, if the secret meeting with Fury or something. Or, you know, he That's, literally. Right, but by the time when a soldier came out, he was beyond being a glorified cameo, especially the roles he had in Thor and the Avengers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's why I think it's a shame. I think I think it probably happened from fallout between the split between Feige and and the TV division, and you know they're just like we're not gonna even go there. I honestly don't think Feige cares about what's going on with yeah. the TV stuff. No, He's got no. too much on his plane he anyway. Need to. He's making movies that make a billion dollars right. at the box office. Yeah, <laughs> who's he gonna worry about? Money, <laughs> money is the key, and the movies are. And for that reason, the movies are always gonna roll. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. I think Marvel does very so well because it is basically manned by very old school fans of the properties. I mean, I think that's why they get the tone so well and, and the spirit yeah. of the comic so well. But yeah, bottom of the end of the day, it's like you know, Disney paid a lot of fucking money for this shit, and we got to make it back, which they've done. Yeah, I really don't think now, but. Disney's not really losing money by Ooh. airing Shield because it's an in-house property anyway. That's that's probably that's probably why it lasted. That's why know, it's still on. Yeah, dead because it never got great ratings. You know, no, and and a lot of times it got really crappy ratings. So for it to survive, I, I still think this is the last season. But for it to survive four is is pretty good on its own. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Can we add anything else to this other than we we really liked it? It's good. <laughs> well, no. This this is usually about. Except you know, I'm the I'm Doctor No on these. Usually, I'm the one that has the most nitpicks. But 
Um, we let our our guest go if he wants, and anything else we really want to chat about. Uh, I don't think so. I think I did all my gushing. It'll be a couple One. weeks before, uh, after the announcement that people are listening to this show, but some current superhero news is that Superman and Cat Grant are going to be back on for at least... I think Superman maybe just for the finale, or it might, just, might, might just, be the last two episodes. I heard just the finale. Okay, of Supergirl. Cat's going to be on two, I think. Supes is going to be on one. But the last right. uh, finale of Supergirl this season. Superman eh, shit, and now Cat I got to do an episode. I got to get caught up with uh, my current season CW stuff. I'm so far behind. Oh, you're, there's some good stuff going on. Oh, I, I know. I just, I, I just, I've just been busy. Yeah. So, so busy. Is it wrong of me that my reaction to that news was, God damn it, now I gotta do an episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a Superman that I actually like watching. Yeah. Uh, I've missed yeah. Cat Grant, man. I... Oh, I definitely missed Cat Grant. Yeah, I think everybody was on that train of, yeah, she's a real bitch, but you know what? Her, She has a character arc in that first season that's really, really good. <laughs> All of it on her Facebook page, her, her friend Aaron Henley called her that show's Yoda, and I'm like, God damn right, she is, isn't she? Pretty <laughs> she's bitchy Yoda. <laughs> yeah, she's bitchy Yoda. He, he was kind of a cranky little feller, too, though. You know? Yes, he yeah, was. Yeah, well. Well, when 900 years old you reach, you'd be pretty cranky, too. I would, yeah. <laughs> Forty-eight, and I'm pretty cranky. <laughs> I think there's a pill for that. <laughs> oh yes, it's called my doll. Are <laughs> <laughs> right, we going off the rails here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this, um, yeah, but uh, no, man. This this season now, it it really doesn't let up. Um, oh, it turns it kinda, yeah, it, it pretty much goes full tilt until the end of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. At this point, it because now our good guys are they're not proactive anymore they're kind of they're now they're reactive to to everything that's going on especially once they find out what's really going on with ward so it does put them on the defensive and uh it makes for some really 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 good tv and some excellent drama yeah, um, yeah. i loved the, the ward heel turn oh it's great he, he seemed like such a boring character at first but just turning him into a villain just yep. transformed him overnight it was it was perfect yeah, at the very least, he's an established super badass. So, I mean, right. you know, yeah. that's, that's a, the good basis for your villain right there. Is he a badass? Mm-hmm. A, yes. B, is he, you know, actually got a character? Well, now he does, and he will have more of one soon because we'll build it. Right. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, because do I don't think we've had the flashback episode yet, right? No. No, not yet. That's, yeah, I mean, they, they do a lot of work in these last... Uh, Six or six or eight episodes of the season, where man, it's that back. The back third of the season is just real primo TV. Yeah, it's like uh, the showman just makes a. Well, the episode title says it all. Turn, turn, turn. Yeah, yeah. And the show turned on its head. Oh, big time! I haven't noticed how much cash they they pumped into these last two episodes too. There was a lot of good plane shots and. Just tons of people and tactical that shit's explosions. Yeah, yeah yep. good stuff. Deathlock jumping up through ceilings and firing rockets out of his arm, and well, they yeah. they they knew this was coming. So you know they had to know this was coming from day one. They must have had the Winter Soldier script. So yeah, oh yeah, they they knew what they had to do to get to that point. I think so they, they knew pretty early on, and it was that that waiting game of when can we, you know, kind of drop all these. Uh, bombshells, but but I mean, I still I think opinions vary, but I still think the whole season handled what they were dealt very well. No, well, I mean, it gave you it gave you you know fifteen weeks to start liking these characters. To by the point where Sky gets shot twice, yeah, you're like, oh. I actually care about her getting shot, and <laughs> yeah. she's—I mean, it's one of those things. She could have died. It's a Whedon joint, you know. Yeah, they could have had that bit of a big thing, like the the girl who wants to become an agent, and now she's dead. That always <laughs> so, helps. So when your your showrunner's reputation precedes it like that, I'll kill anyone. And, and this wasn't specifically Joss pulling the strings on this one, but. Yeah, he was executive producer, but it was kind of like king and name only type of thing, I'm sure. He was busy with other Marvel stuff at the time. 
Oh yeah, he would have been deep into doing the Ultron pre-production or right. yeah. production. But still, that that offers an extra layer of tension on anything you do. Yeah, Jed Whedon's a big part. Was a big part of the first season of Shield. I think he still is actually. Yeah, it's him and uh, what's Marissa her name? Tan- Marissa yeah, Tancheron and yeah, and Jed Whedon are the basically the the showrunners. Well, I noticed the last few episodes, there's a shit ton of executive producers in the credits. And stuff. So, I think. Well, it, yeah, but a lot of that just means extra money for whomever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind I of think... maybe took it as a sign that it was winding down and it was kind of getting handed off to the B team to just keep things rolling till the end. But it's, well, the, it's been the, good TV. The, so. the proof that. Executive producer credits are pretty much meaningless. Is the fact that on designated no, not designated survivor, twenty four legacy Kiefer Sutherland has an executive producer credit. Right. So you get paid. You gotta get paid that sweet twenty four money. Right. Yeah. He is in no way involved with the show as he's starring on another one. Right. Yeah. On another network. <laughs> right. And he's still getting it, and he's still getting a paycheck for it. Yeah, I'll executive produce anything. <laughs> sure, yeah, I, but I don't know if you if your show is kind of flailing. I don't know why you add a lot more people to pay out money to, unless you're needing those investors. That's Hollywood's business. I just want to sit back and watch this shit. Well, it's kind of like in later seasons of shows, I see a lot of actors becoming executive producers, probably yeah. just the contract. Yeah, I think it's like okay, you want me to keep coming back? Then I get this and I get some points. Right. Yeah, some of that sweet, sweet DVD. I mean, is, is, is Clark Gregg one of those executive producers? I don't know. He might be by now. Right, so that's kind of what happens. I haven't seen his name in there, no, so... I, I pay so little attention that... Yeah, I, I don't usually, but I don't know, my mind... If it's shiny, my mind will catch it occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, any final thoughts? No, but we got, what, five episodes of this to go, so... Yeah, we'll burn through those pretty darn fast. Yeah, what I think we'll do for our audience at home and for our own personal planning, I think we're going to plow through with doubling up on shields for a little bit. I mean, you fit them in, we'll double up on some CWs. Um, currently, we don't have any other current shows to deal with, luckily, so until future... Yeah, but we will, so we should try to get through some backlog. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we can do it. We can do it. And, Mike, you're welcome to come back and join us. I'll start. Uh, we have a Facebook page that's growing, which is nice. Um, you should join it. Just uh, do the whole searchy thing with uh, Weekly Heroics. Yeah, come say hi. Page or find the Two True Freaks um, Facebook page or web page, com. You can find us on there. And uh, we always post, you know, other memes and stories about uh, Heroic TV, and and I'll start uh, posting a recording schedule for uh, just about anyone that wants to come out and chat with us. We, as long as you get some Skype and some decent equipment, we will be glad to have you. The only real requirement is that you watch the episodes we're going to cover, you know, fairly recently. Um, and don't mind not being able to say much because I talk too much. <laughs> As um, do I. <laughs> and I guess that's about it. Weeklyheroics at yahoo.com is the email. And thanks again, Patrick Delmore, for the, the couple that you've sent us. Thank you. Keep on listening. Um, Big thanks but, to Mike for coming on and joining us on this yeah, one. Uh, yep, always thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Does do a very comprehensive uh, look at, at Superman on the the silver screen over there at Man of Screen Podcast. So check that out. Um, he's been gracious enough to have me as a guest before, and hopefully we'll be talking some Superman again soon. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we will. I think we will be. All right, kids. Weekly heroics. Two true freaks. Guide to heroes on TV. We'll see you next week. Whenever next week gets here. Bye now. <laughs> Bye. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Man of Screen Podcast. I. Wait, what are you doing? What is going on over there? What are you doing with those DVDs over there? I just bought those. No. I just moved here. I'm not actually moving again. Just the show is moving. So put those DVDs back down. Those are my New, new Adventures of Superman DVDs that I just bought for the next leg of the podcast. Yeah.
Yeah, just just leave him right there. Where am I moving to? Physically, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here behind my microphone as I've always been. I'll just have a new web address. The Man of Screen Podcast is moving to the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, where I will continue covering the adventures of Superman both on the small screen and the big screen, just from a new RSS feed. So point your favorite podcatcher at the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, www.twotruefreaks.com. Same show you've come to love, new location.